Hello, and welcome to the Reading Ramble. On this episode of the podcast, we take a step away from the Lancashire Stories Project to celebrate local and community history month with the help of staff of Longridge Library. Libraries play such a pivotal role in communities, and Longridge is no exception where the library is a hub of the community. We speak to current and former staff to talk about how working at the library has changed and how many things have stayed the same. I hope you enjoy this peek behind the bookshelves. I'm joined by Catherine from Longridge Library, who's been putting this piece of work together. Catherine, can you tell me a bit about what your uh, inspiration for this was? Okay. Um, so I recently joined libraries. I've been here for just over two years. Um, and one of the things that I was struck by um, as a member of staff was how many ex-members of staff who'd worked at local libraries came in and the stories that they told me about their time and their experience and I thought it was a really interesting piece of social history um, and I felt that it should be recorded in some way um, because of the impact that people have had on their communities and in um, education and helping people. Um, and I found some really interesting anecdotes um, about how libraries have changed but the overall role of the librarian has stayed the same um, and very much among all the librarians that I've spoken to, it's just the passion that they have for people and reading and helping. Yeah, and I think it's you go through very different times and obviously everything now is a lot uh, different to what it was when to when some of the people that you've been speaking to, um, when they worked in the service, where which was pre-digitalisation, uh, so there was yeah. a lot of use of paper systems and, and then now with... Everything is, is digitised, really, and there's there's very little um, paperwork. But also, just in the last couple of years, how things have been different for staff working during the pandemic and yeah. the, the, the help that we, um, libraries have been able to offer people through supplying lateral flow kits and providing access to the internet when they might not have been able to get it elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be... Uh, hopefully, people are going to really enjoy um, hearing from, from you and some of our, our guests. Thank you very much. So first we're going to hear from a, a, a lady that is a current customer of Longridge Library who used to work at the Harris Library in Preston. Um, and she's got some fascinating uh, anecdotes and stories to tell of when she worked at the Harris um, at, at about the time of the Second World War, just after. On the 1st of September, my parents put me on a train to my grandmother who picked me up in at Preston. Yeah. And while my father sort of wound up the business, he, he was manager of building flats down there. And uh, he had to sublet everything. Yeah. So they came back later. So it must have been a great big change for you at that age. Well, yes, yeah. And, uh, you know, then they, they, they made a mess of sorting out me. I should have gone to Winkley Square Convent in Preston or Lark Hill Convent. Yeah. And uh, they sent me for an interview to the park school who said they couldn't take me because I was a Catholic. Yeah, that's <laughs> hard to believe so now, isn't it? By the time it? I, I, it was transferred again, Yeah. 
I, you know, almost a year had passed, and they said, "Well, I'd have to, uh, I'd have to wait another until the following September." And uh, by that time, I, all in the, during that time, I had to go to the nearest state school. Yeah, and that was it. You know. Yeah. So, how did you um, start your job at the library? Did you have to interview, or did you write to the library service? Yes, I went for an interview with Mr. Pomfret. He was a librarian then. And what sort of questions did they ask you, or what sort of? Well, just about my background and all that I'd done. You know, that was all. I think there was interviewed a few of us, and uh, anyway, for some reason or other, I was picked and and started, and really, really enjoyed it. Um, so how did you start your training? Um, was there a formal training process? or Yeah, the, yeah the, we were just training. We'd, we just started out in the, in, in the staff room. And it was Edith Thompson was in, I think, she was in charge of the staff room. And, and another lady, um, Maud Booth, um, Started out stamping the books, uh, putting, sticking, you know, sticking the page in that you have to stamp. We had to stamp. Yeah. And we um, just writing the catalogue cards. Yeah. We had kept, you know, we had we had drawers for, that we used to put them the cards in for for the public to look at. Yeah. So it's quite a labour-intensive job. Yeah, we, well, yeah, we, we we just made the cards out for each new book that came in, you know, the, the author details, the title, and we used to um, make up the card, you know, make up the drawers. Yeah. Insert them in the drawers that are already there. Yeah. And then we were put on the... Um, the counter and people then had library cards and we had tickets in the books and and they brought them back. Um, but we had to look for the ticket. Yeah. Put it back, you know, put it in the book, give the person the card back and stamp the book. That was yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Did you have the Dewey Decimal System at that time for the non-fiction books, or...? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, we had to learn the Dewey System. You know, well, 920B... I always remember 920B was biographies, is it still? Um, we still... Well, sometimes now we use the... We use B and then the three letters of the surname for the biographies. Um, and I understand that with your uniform that you had, that you used to wear the navy overalls. Is that right? Yeah. And um, as I said, we used to have to um, take it in turns to fire watch on the roof, with a you know, in case there was an air raid. Yeah. And we, we were, there was a stirrup pump there in case any incendiary bombs dropped, you know, for us to deal with. Yeah. So how often did you do that? 
think it was every fourth Sunday. We took it into, you know, it, it was just, I think it was just two of us every fourth Sunday. Yeah. We would have to go in, you know, for the whole, for the day. But we had to go in, but there's no buses on then on, on a Sunday. And yeah. We had to go in on our bikes, you know. Yeah. Um, what were you told to do if you actually came across the situation? Or Well, we were, we were supposed to give a, a sign, you know, give warning. I don't, I can't remember how. Yeah. And it put the, use the, you know, stirrup pumps to put the fire out. Yeah. Mm. So I'm sure most librarians are very glad that they don't have to stand on the top of the Harris now. Mm. Were you very busy with borrowers on a daily basis? Oh, yeah, it was always very busy. I mean, we even had to work on Boxing Day. My goodness me. Yes, I understand you had a very special visit from Winston yeah. Churchill. Yeah. So when did that Randolph take? Randolph Churchill and uh, Julie Naomi took over our, our staff room. And... Um, we weren't very pleased about that, but still. Oh, <laughs> um, gosh. Um, and then Winston Churchill came with his wife. Yeah. Uh, he looked worn out, absolutely, you know. So he'd gone through it, I suppose. Well, we had, of course. Yeah. Mm, different times. And then we got, when Mr. Pomfret died, he was such a nice man. Yeah. Um we got Miss Downton and then at the end of the war Jim Brown came back he'd been in the Air Force I think he got the DFC and um, I think he was deputy head and I think he became head after Miss Downton but unfortunately we, my my parents my mother had a a grocer's shop and she had to go into hospital because she was ill yeah and have an operation, so I had to leave and look after the shop, and I was really sad about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you had a real feeling mm-hmm. for the library, and well, I still went to the library for my books. You know, of course, I've always read. Yeah. I, I still read three books a week. My favourite time of the day is going to bed with my book and my hot water bottle. Oh, that's lovely to hear. <laughs> So I understand that Randolph Churchill at that time was campaigning mm. to be, remain as the MP for Preston. Mm. So what was the atmosphere like in Preston at that time? Oh, well, you know, the market square was crowded. But of course, Randolph didn't get in. It was the year that the Labour Party got in, just after the war, you know. Yeah. And I understand that Winston Churchill had some difficulty actually getting into the Harris building itself. Oh, yeah, into the Harris. Well, well, we hadn't opened the Lancaster door for... Well, it hadn't been opened all through the war, yeah. I don't think. And we could only open half the door, and he had, you know, it was a bit of a squeeze getting in. Yeah. <laughs> and then his, his wife was with him, and when they got in the lift to go up to... Um, you know, for him to make his speech, his wife, we saw his wife comb his hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless him. 
Did you watch the speech itself from the balcony at the Harris? Or? No, 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 we couldn't do that. It would have meant it would have meant going out and joining, you know. Yeah. Mm. So you had to carry on working in the background. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I understand yeah. as well that on a Sunday when the buses weren't running, um, you used to cycle into the Harris. Yeah. And mm. you used to sometimes cycle around the Harris itself. Yeah. <laughs> used to cycle around and around the pendulum and get told off by the cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> Not by the librarian. So, um, mm. so during your time at the library, um, what about the borrowers themselves and the items or the books that were popular when you were there? It seemed to like Agatha Christie, you know, sort of Dickens. Just mixture, really, you know. Yeah. Um, we used to be on, we used to have to go up to the reference library, you know, have, have to spend some time there. Yeah. And people used to come and we have to find things out for them, you know. Yeah. It's mm. quite a big range. But no, I, I should think much like now. Yeah. Mm. So you feel that essentially libraries haven't changed very much over the years? No, I don't think it's changed very much. Um, so what's your? do you have a favourite memory of your time working at the library? Well, I just enjoyed it all, you know. I just, well, I just love going to work. Yeah. And being with the books and... Uh, I think the, the, the part of it probably that I liked the best was in the morning from quarter to nine till ten. Yeah. Where we had to sort the books and go through them and then you could, while you were doing that, you could look at some of the books and wonder about, you know, taking it home to read. Yeah. I think... Uh... You know, we had to go through all the um, all the rows, putting everything... In, in alphabetical order by authors' names and things. Yeah. That's for the first hour and a quarter of the every day. Yeah. So a nice chance to get organised and set up. Yeah, and it, it, it made me look at sort of biographies of people and, and start to read them as well. We're now going to play another clip from uh, another lady that worked in the library service, uh, starting her career at Clitheroe Library. Um, so the first question is just, um, how old were you and when did you first decide to join the library service? I spotted the job for a junior library assistant at Clitheroe yeah. Library and I thought, I can do that. I've read since I was, I've been at the library since I was about five. You know, yeah. Sort of thing, so. Um, so I went in to get the papers, you know, the application form and that, and spoke mm. to mm. Mr. Hanson and made an appointment to go back and talk to him about it. Yeah. And so I filled in the form and everything and went with the form and gave it to him and talked to him, you see, um, about the job. And he said afterwards, I was the only person who actually did that. Yeah. So um, that was, I was, uh, I'd be 70, no, 1967, I'd be 19, about coming up for 19, I was about yeah. 18 at the time, and that. 
So um, the interview, the actual interview was hilarious, really, because you know how brash you are when you're younger. You know the yes. world you're in, <laughs> you don't give it down. And uh, so the interview was held, and I went in, and there's like, well, it seemed like the whole of Clitheroe Borough Council sitting there. Oh you my know. goodness. And I thought, and somebody said, come in, don't be shy. And I just turned around and said, well, not. <laughs> anyway, it, in the end, they offered me the job. Yeah. And I said that, I, you know, they were a bit concerned that I'd given up my A-levels. I was doing science A-levels at the grammar school yeah. up until uh, April 66 when I got this job. Yeah. But that's because I perceived the family needed more money coming in. Yeah. Um, I got the job and I started in January 1967. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yes. And the first thing they did, God love them, was to give me a duster. Okay. When I turned <laughs> on the first morning. And uh, she said, uh, we don't have any decent classification system here. She said, so the best thing to do is... And she pointed me out where everything was, and I already knew anyway, because I've been going for donkey's years. Yeah. Um, it started with William Harrison Ainsworth, and it wasn't just the Lancashire Witches, but it was all of his books, you know, yeah. read them tanned, right round to whoever the Z was, you know. Um, and she said, but, but by the time you've dusted all the shelves and the tops of the books and the spines and that, she said, you will know where most of the books are. Yeah. And so when anybody comes with a, a query, you'll be able to find Yeah. Find the book, you see. So you yeah. started at half past eight, maybe. Yeah. We were allowed a little later. Yeah. Usually, I think we started about half past eight. And up till nine o'clock, it was shelf sorting and making sure all the books were in the right place because if they weren't, you couldn't find them. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, there was a. There was a, we did have a cataloguer. So, Mr. Arthur Hansen was the librarian. Miss Edith Pollard, Miss Edith Pollard was a reference librarian. Kathleen Geldard was the cataloguer, but there was no jury system. Yeah. A was fiction. Okay. B may have been biography, an autobiography. Yeah. H was history. Don't ask me what any of the other letters. <laughs> Because I cannot remember. I really yeah. cannot remember. Um, yes, first half hour was filing and dusting and sorting the shelves and that and admin and mentoring. And Kathleen Gelded was, uh, Kathleen Hilden was mostly the, the mentor, you know, such yeah. of things. She would um, tell me about how, how things were done and that sort of thing. And that lasted about three three months, you know, sort of thing. But it, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't... It wasn't hard work, it was nice, you know, it was nicely done. It wasn't yeah. do this, do that, do the other and that. Yeah. Um, just, you'd mentioned before, yeah. um, about just about the library itself at the time, and it looked a bit different. Oh, yeah. Um, from the Clitheroe Library we know now. Yeah. yeah. Um, would you mind just describing it again for yes. me? You went in, and there was no turn left, but on your left, as you went through the doors, the double doors, was a small doorway which led down to the basement. Yeah. Which is where the loo was. Yeah. And bound volumes of newspapers. And you had to walk up the stairs with those, and they were big. 
Yeah. Because most of them were not tabloids, they were broadsheets, of course. Yeah. And also, all the naughty books, the D.H. Lawrence, yeah. uh, went down there. And um, James Joyce, books about the Second World War crimes and things like that. Yeah. Know, um, all that sort of thing. They were down there. Yeah. And only... Mr. Hansen was allowed to take them. Out. Okay, so they had to. <laughs> so you know, if you wanted to read any of them without him knowing, you went down there quite regularly for, <laughs> for newspapers. Um, but uh, yes, so that was that. And then past that door, on the, back up on the main strand, there was a big tiled floor. Yeah. Beautifully done, and then there was a massive staircase, turn staircase, which I think yeah. is still there, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. it is. Um, and to your right, as you came to the top of the staircase, there was the reading room. Yeah. And then just off to the left was a much smaller room with a fireplace, an old fireplace, uh, mostly glass cases, uh, lavid cases, and then some open shelving. Yeah. And one, I think it's just one large table in there with some chairs. But that was the reference library. And some yeah. of the books, I suspect, were very, very, uh, would be very, very irreplaceable. There was a customer, yes, he was an auctioneer at Hothersill and Forest, which was Uh, bank sales rooms, um, down the ginnel behind the NatWest. And he used to, apart from being an estate agent, selling houses and that sort of thing, he also used to have the auction rooms. But he was a very, very keen, uh, lovely historian. And he could, you know, I mean what he didn't know about history. And he used the reading room, uh, the reference library, quite a lot yeah. as well. Um, so that was upstairs, came up, come back down the stairs, and to your left, behind the, the main desk, yes. was another door, and that mm-hmm. took you into a, a weird little room that was where the kettle was. Okay, <laughs> very important room. <laughs> yes. Um, but that's where brew-ups were made and muggins because she was junior made the brews yeah and and that yeah and that's where mr hansen's office was and that's where all the new mm-hmm. books were delivered to boxes yeah. and boxes he ordered he was the person who did the ordering okay um but you we often got people who were coming customers who were coming and say have you got are you getting this or are you getting will you be getting this in i've written it down i read a review of it and it sounded rather good so he would get it you know if he thought the same yeah and, that, and it was very eclectic it wasn't you know it wasn't picky particularly you know yeah. in, a, in a nasty way it wasn't stopping people reading what they wanted yeah. you know um but he made sure the community had what they needed oh, yes, and what yes. They oh yes yeah and uh the cataloger, Kathleen Gelgard, she sat on the end of this counter doing, you know, she'd have books and she had the most beautiful script. Yeah. You know, so there was none of this. At one point we, we had one. Oh, she did have one of these styluses, electric stylus, you know, that heats up, the tip heats up. Yeah. And you put a piece of tape across the end of the, across the bottom of the spine of the book. Yeah. And she would write a with the stylus, 1571, something like that. And then she would write on a card, A, 1571, and then there would be the author's name backwards, and then the title of the book. Yes. And how many copies there were. Yeah. Because most things were hardbacks. Yes. But uh, there wasn't the same 
thing about uh, paperbacks as there is now. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so that was quite quite interesting because you have to wait for it to cool as well. Yeah. And you'd use this heated style, and I got get very hot. Yeah. I'm now going to read a, uh, some of a transcript with another me- uh, former member of library staff. Um, unfortunately, the, uh, we recorded the audio and it, it didn't quite come through, but I think. A lot of what they had to say is really worth sharing. So, um, uh, this is uh, another member of uh, of staff from Longridge and Garstang Library, um, and this is um, uh, starting off talking about their first jobs and how they got started in libraries, and then a bit of information about their career working for the library service. Before uh, before libraries, I was putting holes in meat pies until I got the results of my CSEs, and yeah, I just wrote wrote to Mr Longworth, that was the head librarian, the Lancashire County Council librarian. Yeah, and I wrote to him and said, if you've got any jobs, you know, I'd be interested. And he was very nice. He wrote back and said, well, you get your results and we'll contact you. So, yeah, and then luckily, I mean, my mum, who used to work as the cleaner, this was at Garstang Library, she was very friendly with all the staff. She was like a mother to them, you know. So that made me think, oh, I wouldn't mind working in a library because uh, she came up with all these tales. Yeah, so anyway, Mr. Webb, the boss there, said there was a job going if uh, if I was interested. And then it was, uh, and I, I, that was it, really. So um, I was lucky to get an interview and to get the job. There were two other people that were being interviewed, far more qualified than me, but they just got, uh, they didn't want uh, anybody that was overqualified. They just wanted someone to learn the ropes. So, yeah. So it was a bit like an apprenticeship. I moved to Longridge um, in 1977, yeah. So I did the commute to, to Garstang until my daughter was five, uh, so 1985, yeah. Then uh, managed to get the job here uh, and then started. So, yeah, I've always worked in libraries, never done anything else, yeah. At the beginning, uh, they just wanted me to tidy the shelves, put away the books, shelving, put the books back and then put them in order, serve the customers on the desk. And in those days, of course, you had uh, little green-like pockets. Yeah, we'd call it brown issue. It's like, you know, we uh, had to go through with our fingers looking for things. It was good. There were fines, only a penny a day or maybe a penny a week. Um, so that was a bit different to now. But um, I think you're only ever allowed four tickets, was it, or six? That was all you could take out. Yeah, and over the years, you could take out more. Um, but I did uh, I did used to, to like it. But it was in an old building that we were in. It used to be a greengrocer's, I think. So every time the phone went... We had to run upstairs and answer the phone because the phone was upstairs. I used to really enjoy the displays. We had a, a woman came in to show us about the displays. And I really enjoyed that. It made me really enthusiastic. And I went back to work thinking, I really wanted to do this and do that. But I always remember that because she was so enthusiastic, this woman. And she had all these things spread out on tables to show us what we could do. You know, I mean, we were only a little library. You couldn't do much anyway. I mean, you got you got to have the room to display. And it makes a difference. So, I, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. But I always remember it was easy once you got to know the authors because I didn't know any authors at first. But, yeah, you always found out the quickest thing to shelve was there were a dozen Georgette Heyer or a dozen John Jean Played, and they were always uh, looked the same. So you could always just bung them in, you know. They were in al- alphabetical order. At Garstang, I, I did the mobile library service as well. I used to go out twice a week on the mobile, and the drivers were brilliant, but the vans, the heating didn't always work in the winter. And I can always remember the driver. He was lovely, 
he used to go out there, uh, go out, and they were banging around to get the heaters going. I can't, I can't remember what sort of heater it was. Yeah, it must have been a paraffin heater, something like that. I don't know. And then we had to have a spade in case we had to dig, get ourselves dug out of snow. It didn't happen too much. No, not too much. There were two drivers and three library vans, and we used to cover quite a big area. Uh, we went as far as up. up th- uh, we used to go through Longridge, and we'd go up on the Longridge Fell, Grimsley. That was as far as, away as we went. Then we used to go to St Michael's and Great Eccleston around there. It was a big area, really. So you did need two library vans in those days. And we served the rural families and villagers who who couldn't get to the libraries. Yeah, it was good because when it was a day like today, sunny weather, it was lovely to go out and we used to have a good laugh and sometimes the borrowers used to come on and say, would you like a drink? And there were set stops where they would bring us tea or coffee or cakes. We used to get cakes. It was nice, yeah. The only person that we struggled... The only problem was that we struggled to find toilets. We used to be a bit funny about, do we ask this person if we can use the toilet? Will they let us? You know what, what they're like. What are they going to be like? Because some people were a bit funny about that. Yeah, but if you're desperate, you're desperate. But with the driver, he could just go and find a bush, you know. We're now going to hear from a current member of staff who has worked for the library service in Lancashire for a number of years um, at several libraries. Um, and it's great to see how the, the library service has changed, but how many things have stayed the same. Yes, and that you have a family connection to libraries. I do, strangely enough. Um, the connection really is sort of Burnley Library um, and the paternal great-grandfather, who I never knew, um, was the founder of starting up the free libraries in Burnley. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't where it is now. In fact, I'm not sure where it was, but him and a friend actually set up um, a library. He yeah. was the first um, librarian in charge. So, yeah, it, it is actually it's a strange thing. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously there in the archives at Burnley. Um, one of my colleagues, um, reference librarian at Clitheroe, who used to be called Sue, she found out quite a bit and sent me lots of articles over from Burnley about him. Yeah. Because I knew of it but didn't know much of the details. So, yeah, really interesting that they were both librarians. So yeah. maybe it's in the genes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Maybe. <laughs> so, um, so when you joined the library service, um, what, did, um, what did your training look like then? Oh, well, obviously very different than it does now. Um, obviously it's you know, pre-public computers for people. Um, But I went in when it was, um, they wanted more staff because it was going actually on computer, being computerised in 1990. So I was um, employed with 10 others. There were so many staff in those days um, to train on using a computer to issue books, which was a a really big first. And obviously put all the stock on the computers. So obviously your training was how to use the computer. Yeah. But most of the um, staff didn't have to use the brown issue, because the which was the original little card indexes. Yeah. Um, the original staff had moved out of the building at Clitheroe while the work was being done, so they were operating from the United Reformed Church Hall. So us new ones, yeah, beginning of 1990, were getting all the stock onto the system and yeah. getting the shelves ready, getting it ready for opening. They'd yeah. opened, I think it was. 
um, something like July the 1st, 1990, yeah. and we started beginning of May. So yeah. with two months to familiarise that was in. So yeah. yes, it was very, very different yeah. than it is now. You know, no public input in things. You had to do everything. Yeah. A lot of handwriting things, sending out overdue notices by hand yeah. when books are overdue. Uh, very, very different. So you appreciate now yeah. <laughs> a lot of these things are done digitally. Yeah, that's right. So what about the borrowers and customers? Um, when you began at Clitheroe, have they changed much over the years? Or Yeah, I mean, obviously, reading's different to me. There's that many new authors now. Yeah. I mean, when I was sort of, you know, in the sort of 90s, you, now you've got a lot of celebrities who write books like children's books, haven't you? You know, your yeah. David Williams, your Holly Willoughby and all these. I mean, that was unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> you had your stock authors, you know, um, and the popular authors have changed, of course. Yeah. I mean, it used to be Jacqueline Wilson that was the um, the author, the, yeah. the most popular children's author, was Jacqueline Wilson, and now... I mean, I think, what did we say the other week? We were talking, Julie, Julie Donaldson, actually, yeah. which she I was, was surprised. Popular. I thought David Williams had probably topped the poll on that. Yeah. But, um, no, it's, yeah, Julie Donaldson is amazing, of course. I mean, her books are brilliant. But uh, things have changed, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were still very traditional. You know, the adult fiction was, there were still people, you know, like um, Catherine Cookson was, I mean, with a shelf. I mean, the shelf was about two, absolutely yes. full. Catherine Cookson books. Yeah. I mean, she was so popular. Josephine Cox, Catherine Cookson, Rosamond yeah. Pilcher, Victoria Holt as well. Yeah. She was. But again, loads of books, you know, every book that she'd written. Yeah. And they were going out in droves, you know. Yeah. But like now that's changed a lot, I think. Yeah. Um, people's reading tastes have changed, you yeah. know. And now it seems to be all thrillers and crimes. Yeah. And things with, you know, twisting the tail now. Yeah. These seem very popular go to genre in Longridge now, whereas it wasn't when I was. All yeah. these and like um the men, the seafaring stories. Patrick O'Brien was a big favourite, you know. Yeah. Um, that's the master in command. Yes, that's right. Oh, he was terrific. Shed loads of them. And Sydney Sheldon's as well, Mike. So yeah. you knew you, and you got to know your customers really well, you know, you did and you knew exactly what they liked. And I understand that you used to do something as well to advertise the library for children and you used to write a little review. Oh, we did. Yes, we did. It used to be called the Ribble Valley Readers. Yes, we did. And that was like the forerunner to the uh, Lancashire Reading Trail. Yeah. That was the district one. I think each district had their own. But yeah. we were in Burnley District, so we did the Ribble Valley one. Yeah. Ribble Valley Readers. Yeah, it was really good. So obviously the children did the reviews in the same way as they do now. Yeah. Read the book. Um, and then I used to pick the one every month out from reviews, yeah. and it used to go in the paper. Went in the Advertiser and Times. Oh, that's so I used I to, see. you know, they used to come in and the, if the, the photographer came in those days, you didn't take it on a digital camera. You rang up the Advertiser and Times, yeah. and the um, photographer came in. You arranged a date with the child and the family, yeah. and uh, the photographer came up and did the, the photo with the big camera, yeah. and then it went in the paper, and they printed. Most of the review, you yeah. know, of the child, which yeah. was really nice in a picture of him getting the getting the certificate. Yeah. It was really good, yeah. It's they liked quite a it. big event. Though, it was a big event. He was going to get it, so it went up in the library. We had a big event of it, you know, yeah. that month's winner. Yes, it's really nice for the children to read something that's written by one of the peers yeah, rather than just right. an adult sign. That's right. So, so, yeah, that was extremely popular, actually. If I'd forgotten about that. So what are your sort of best memories of working in Clitheroe and Longridge libraries? It's just nice being 
at the heart of the community. You get to know so many different people. Yeah. Um, and I, I really like recommending books. That's sort of something I quite like doing. Yeah. Um, if people are stuck for something to read, I quite like to recommend, you know, different authors to them. And I think that's quite a rewarding part of your job. Yeah. I just always like to help people. If you, you know, if somebody comes in and they've got a problem to sort it out and then they go out and they're happy. Yeah. You know, to me, that's that's the main yeah. reward of your job, to be honest. Yeah. You can sort something out for somebody and they've gone away happy. Well, what could yeah. be better? Um, I've noticed as well, um, people that you had in Brighton Round years ago, some of them mm-hmm. have come in a generation later with their children as they well. Do. They do. Yeah, it's the same with the story time at Clitheroe. It's, yeah, madness all these now are grown up and yeah. with their own children. And I still bump into them when I'm in Clitheroe. And it's, uh, it's yeah, another generation. So it makes me feel very old, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and they're coming in with their children and they're <laughs> now singing to the children yeah. while telling stories. It's quite daft, yeah. You can't it's believe it. Past that love of reading on. Yes. Just You've been listening to the Reading Ramble. I hope you've enjoyed this trip down memory lane, looking at libraries and library staff over the decades. This episode of the podcast has been a celebration of Local and Community History Month. Join us again next time. Until then, bye-bye.